Let us open our Bibles to John chapter 6. Amen. John chapter 6. Father, we hope and trust that we have gathered out of verse 37 all that you want us to gather. Now lead us in these next two verses. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will which hath sent me, that of all which he hath given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. Amen and amen. This is great preparatory material for the Lord's Supper. I'll show you before we partake. Jesus said he had come down from heaven in verse 29 and verses 32 and 33. And this bothered them more than most anything else that he said. And he will continue to tell them that he came down from heaven because he wasn't showing much mercy to this crowd because they didn't deserve any. They deserved the truth, and he gave them the truth. They had the opportunity. He was right in front of them. He did miracles. He preached beautiful doctrine. They did not want to believe on him. He had stated he came down from heaven, and now it is time to tell why. He came down from heaven to do his Father's will. Jesus came from God for things far greater than physical bread. For in the fullness of time, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Wherefore, God has sent forth the Spirit of his Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. That's why he came down. That's our salvation. That's our adoption. The Spirit of God was purchased by our Lord's coming down to this world. Our virgin-born Jesus was named to save his people from their sins. The angel told Joseph, She shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. That's why Jesus came down. We had an interstellar visitor to our planet for the best personal reason ever. You've never had blessings like the blessing that I'm describing right now. And Jesus mentioned in this verse the fact that he came down from heaven not to do his own will, but the will of God. Our God, Jehovah, does according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. And Jesus came to keep that will and to keep it perfectly. Nebuchadnezzar learned it. Jesus always knew it. Praise God for the absolute despotism of election by God's will. Romans 9 teaches it over and over again. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So then it is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. God states his will and salvation to Moses. Old Testament, Paul quotes it in Romans 9 from Moses that the mercy of God and the compassion of God is God's choice to exercise his will. Jesus once looked at a leper and said, I will, be thou clean. Did it, need, did it take any more than that? No more than that. God exercised his will through Jesus Christ and the leper was cleansed of his leprosy. Even the will of Jesus Christ serves the infinite will of God. We learned that back in John chapter 5. 
that I do always those things that please him. The Father has revealed to me his will. I'm exercising that will. As the Father raiseth up the dead and quickeneth them, even so the Son quickeneth whom he will. Because God's doing it by his will, Jesus does it by his will, which is subordinate to God's will. I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. Jesus, as the mediator, obeys God, doing his will in all things. Jesus is going to tell us in John 8, 29, even as I please the Father in all things. 1 Corinthians 15, 28 tells us that the Son is going to be subordinate to God forever, that God might be all in all. Jesus, as our mediator, is subordinate to God. 1 Corinthians 15, 28 is a good verse to remember when you're dealing with Unitarians or those that believe in eternal sonship. Jesus certainly did not come down for the rebellious and wicked will of sinners. He came down to do his Father's will. Let us praise God for his will to save, Almighty God's will to save us, our Lord Jesus Christ's will to submit to it, and an angel sent to strengthen him in the Garden of Gethsemane. More on that later. Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? is what we ought to be asking. Jesus always did the Father's will. We should be asking the Lord Jesus Christ along with the Father, what wilt thou have me to do? And he has expressed his will for us in the word of God. Jesus didn't come down to do his own will, but the will of him that sent him. Verse 38. Our God Jehovah is the first cause of all things. Do you like knowing the first cause? He's our personal father, the first cause of the universe. And everything in it. Our God Jehovah is the first cause of all things for himself. The Lord hath made all things for himself. Yea, in case you might be wondering, does it even extend to wicked events and wicked men? Yea, even the wicked for the day of evil. Amen. Revelation 4.11, Thou art worthy to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things and for thy pleasure. They are and were created. That's what the Bible teaches about our God. And Jesus came down to do his will. For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. The will of Almighty God is the basis and source of all that occurs in our salvation. Right. His will rules our lives and smallest decisions to nations. Revelation chapter 17 and 17 tells us that the European Union would submit themselves because God put it in their hearts to fulfill his will about submitting their nations and kingdoms to the popes of Rome, which they did for the Dark Ages. The Bible also tells us that when we make a strategic business plan for our lives, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, we're going to go there for such and such a period of time, we are supposed to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. I once had an esteemed person outside this congregation that many of you older members know, write and ask me scornfully about this doctrine that we believe. Does that mean that God's already determined whether I'm going to brush my teeth tonight or not? Absolutely. Right. If the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. Right. What is in this or that? Everything. What is not in this or that? Nothing. Does it include brushing your teeth? Yes. You say, well, that would violate my free will. Go home and do whatever you, if you don't want to brush your teeth tonight, as long as you're old enough and you're not disobeying your parents. God's already made that choice before the foundation of the world. You're just working your folly out in time. 
I love such a God. Amen. I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. There is something behind our salvation. There's something behind our Savior. There's something behind our election, justification, regeneration, conversion, and glorification. There's something behind the Lord's table. It is the omnipotent, almighty, sovereign, dominion, will of God. Jehovah. Item number four. Did you see God of Sabaoth? Yes. (laughs) I knew you would. Does everybody in here know what what Sabaoth means? We just sang it in that song. God of Sabaoth. God of Sabbath? That Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath? Is he the Lord of the Sabbath? Yes. Is that word saying that? No. Lord of Sabaoth. Lord of hosts. And in that particular place, God of hosts. God of Sabaoth. Okay, that was number four. They do come to me just at the wrong time. I rejoiced in that little expression. Because when Jacob came back from Paden Aram, the angels of God met him. He had seen the angels when he left on the ladder. And when he came back, they met him to encourage him. Are the angels any less real for us? They're, they're more real for us. Right. Are my, they report to my brother. Amen. Do you know my brother? Yes. They report to him. Amen. We're joint heirs with him. Right. We've been promoted above them. We're the sons of God. They're the servants of the sons. Sorry, that's not here, but Lord, thank you for your angels. Amen. I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will which hath sent me. And this is the Father's will which hath sent me. And this is the Father's will which hath sent me. Do you mean that on this printed page we are about to have disclosed to us the will of God? The secret will of God? Yes, the secret will of God is about to be revealed to us. You have got to be kidding me. In the printed page, we're about to know the mind of Jehovah, the God of Sabaoth. This is the Father's will which hath sent me. That everyone he elected, I am to guarantee their eternal redemption and raise them up in the last day. All that the Father giveth, this is the Father's will which has sent me, that of all which he hath given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. We will not take the time right now to search the unsearchable riches of Christ that we did a few months, two years ago. It was March of 2015 when we did that, and we went to Ephesians, and we started through Ephesians, and we saw, according to the good pleasure of his will, Ephesians 1.5. The exercise is prudence and wisdom toward us in His will, who worketh all things according to the counsel of His own will. Amen. That's the basis of our salvation. We're, we're having it revealed to us right now. How do I know that I'm in this passage? It is so simple. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. Amen. Jesus, I come. And come sincerely, you're His. You were given to him before the world began. It is the Father's will that you, there is not a chance that you can be lost. This is the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the guarantor and surety and mediator of the universe. 
He governs this universe. And he said, I shall lose nothing that the Father gave me. The Father committed it to me. I will fulfill the commitment and save every single one given to me. Verse 39. This is the Father's will which hath sent me, that of all which he hath given me, I should lose nothing but should raise it up again at the last day. We call certain educational institutions institutions of higher learning. Higher learning is right here. We're learning the will of God. Paul wrote of God's great wisdom and will in our salvation in in the epistles, especially of Ephesians and Romans. And in Romans, it's chapters 9 and 11. God's secret will and eternal counsel are revealed in the gospel right now to us. Credible. The mysteries of the gospel. Paul taught God's will from election to glorification in Romans chapter 8. That those he predestinated, he'll, he's also glorified. And he uses the past tense because it's as good as done when the will of Almighty God is behind it. Amen. Salvation was far more than a provision or an offer. It was rather a designed success. That of all which he hath given me. We're getting it repeated in verse 39 from verse 37. The doctrine of election repeated twice. God gave certain persons to Jesus Christ to save. That is the doctrine of election. You don't need the word elect. You don't need the word choose. You don't need the word predestinate. You need the words we have right here. God gave persons to me. All that the Father gave me shall come to me. This is the doctrine of election. Jesus, the good shepherd, will call them his sheep in just a few chapters. Jesus will refer to them again as those given to him by God in John 17 when he opens up his intercessory prayer before his crucifixion. Jesus said, I should lose nothing. Not a single one God gave to Jesus Christ will lose salvation and suffer in hell. This is the doctrine of eternal security. You're safer in your salvation than any other part of your life. Is your spleen safe right now? I don't know. Are you safe in your car on the way home? I don't know. Are you safe in your bed tonight? I don't know. How about your eternal soul? Is it safe to land in heaven? I do know. Do you, but you know what we worry about? Who in here is worried in the last five minutes about your spleen? You don't even think about your spleen. How many actually thought your heart might stop in the last five minutes? That's what you ought to be worrying about. But some of you right now are worried about whether you'll land in heaven. Think about it. You say, how can I know? Okay, Jesus, I come. All the Father giveth me shall come to me, and I'll lose none that come to me. It's that simple. It's not mysterious about coming to Jesus. All that it means is to believe on him and obey him. Don't, don't make it mysterious. And I, if I've made it mysterious, if I've made it mystical, forgive me. Ask me. Clarify it. Believe on him and obey him. Right. In all the ways that have been taught to you repeatedly, I should lose nothing. The Bible is filled with promises and guarantees for all the elect. And they are beautiful. Just as the first Adam... Has anyone escaped the effect of the first Adam? Are any children of God going to escape the benefit of the second Adam? Not a chance. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. How can I know that I'm in the second Adam? Run to Christ! He is the second Adam. When you you come to Jesus Christ, you're coming to the second Adam. 
Of course, you were already chosen in Him before the foundation of the world. If God delivered His own Son up for the elect, all else will follow. Romans 8.32 Did I use this last Sunday? Oh yes, I know I used it. He that spared not His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all, how shall He not also with Him freely give us all things? And those all things there are not a new car. The all things there are the things that lead to glorification in heaven. God's given His Son. Everything else is going to follow. You say, but I want to know whether I'm in that group. Because it says in the next verse about the elect. Who shall anything to the charge of God's elect? Well, let's back up then. Let's back up to Romans 8, 28. We know that all things work together for good to them that are the called, according to His promise, to them that love God. All things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. So how do I know that I'm in verse 32? Love God. I don't care if there are churches forbidding it to be sung. Love God. What does it mean to love Him? To love Him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to obey Him, and to fear Him, and to keep His commandments. This is the whole duty of man. That way you can know from verse 28 that you're in verse 32. And if God's delivered up His Son for you, everything else will follow because predestination leads to glorification. They're both in the past tense. Because it's as good as done. You worry about that, but you don't worry about your spleen. I'm still trying to figure you out. Because one, you don't know about and I don't know about, but the other I do and you do. And it's in writing. Do you have anything in writing for your spleen, heart, or car trip home? Do you have anything in writing for your chariot trip home? Yes! All the time. Ahaz. That's the sundial of Ahaz. Someone recently talked to me, it was one of our children, about Hebrews chapter 6 and the anchor for our souls in Hebrews 6. Hebrews 6 tells us that God gave us two things to make sure that we know we're saved. He can't lie. He swore with an oath. He wants to remind you of those two things. He can't lie, and so he, but he swore with an oath anyway that by two immutable things we might get a little bit of assurance. Two immutable things. You will believe somebody's promise in this assembly. That's not immutable. Their promises are mutable for numerous reasons instantaneously. But not the Lord God. Hebrews chapter 6 tells us that, that we might have a strong consolation and refuge for our souls to lay hold upon faith, to lay hold with hope upon salvation that cannot be taken away. Beyond death, I want to remind you that the Bible says, yea, rather, much more, yea, rather, much more than Jesus dying, he is alive at the right hand of God, making perpetual intercession for you. Romans 5.10, Romans 8.34, Hebrews 7.34. It's a beautiful promise. Listen, Jesus Christ could be sent to hell sooner than an elect person be sent to hell. We are bone of his bones and flesh of his flesh. God says it so plainly in Jeremiah chapter 33. He says that you can undo the covenant of the day and night if you think you can get rid of one of my elect that they shall not be saved. Jeremiah 33. If you, if you can undo my covenant with the day and the night, the sun coming up, the moon, if you can undo that, then maybe I'll lose one. But you can't, so he can't. Raise it up at the last day. The last day is coming. And what's he going to do on that last day? He told us in chapter 5. When he said, Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice and shall come forth. They that have done good unto the resurrection of life 
and they that have done evil and the resurrection of damnation. That's what's coming at the last day. But you know what he's promising all that the Father gave him? They're going to be raised up to the resurrection of life, and they'll be received up into heaven. How do I know that I'm in that number? Go back to John chapter 5 and read what it says. He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life. Do you need more? He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life. Did you in your soul, in your spirit, and in your mind, in your heart, love and appreciate singing 166 that we sang a few minutes ago of praise to the one that sent Jesus Christ? He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Believe it. You actually think that you're helping your spleen by eating vegetables. It's incredible that you would believe something like that. Little sacks of water growing out of dirt are going to help your spleen. You believe that. I just gave you something in writing. He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life. This is the Lord Jesus Christ. The gospel was first spoken by him, then backed up by the apostles. That's all that I have time for right now because we're going to give the Lord a little bit of singing like we did last time. This is where you get to preach. This is where you get to teach. And this is where we get to tell the Lord Jesus Christ that we're thankful for, we're, we're thankful, we want to give thanks for sending Jesus Christ for us.